Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. And here we are yet again, Chris. I think this is our first time doing the show in 95-plus degree temperatures. Yes, and smoky weather. Smoky and hazy here in the greater Seattle area. Thanks, Canada. How are you holding up? Uh, I'm coughing. I'm teary-eyed. Because according to Facebook and Instagram, it's people are suffering. You can't even walk outside. <laughs> you can't go outside. That's why we're in the cozy <laughs> confines of the CNC Podcast Factory here. Chris, a week ago we were talking about this arena community advisory group. Uh, Citizens on Patrol is what we call them. <laughs> our homage to Police Academy 4. They've got a group of people who are going to speak on behalf of people who live in the areas around the greater key arena area. Uh, this week, a different chapter and as you often say, you go to these meetings so that we don't have to. Yes. Uh, you got to suffer, th- I mean, sit through <laughs> what sounds like a marathon meeting. Oh. Uh, I'm looking down here at an article written by you on King5.com, Seattle Preservation Board Landmarks Key Arena. So what does that mean, most people? I think a lot of people are hearing this landmark status, there's meetings. We're all beating our head against the wall because we wanted the Sonics back right. years ago. Now... We've got two parties fist fighting over, is it going to be in Soto or are they going to redo Key Arena? Which is going to happen? And it's easy on behalf of the fans to get frustrated and say, why is this not happening? Why is this taking so long? We've got people, they've got money, we've got the wherewithal. If we really believe that even when shovels go on the ground, a team's not coming back for years and years and years, let's get going already while we're still alive. It's a lot of these meetings that have to happen, right, to even right. consider certain territories. So what exactly is this preservation board landmark? Well, where do I begin? I mean, this is the the old joke, right, that the, the NBA or NHL team, when they finally play in Seattle, should be called the Seattle process. Yeah. I mean, this is the Seattle process at its finest. And this is meant by no disrespect at all to the Landmarks Preservation Board, a, a group of 11 citizens appointed by uh, the mayor and the council, Uh, architects, uh, people who care about the history of Seattle. The idea behind it is to manage preservation in Seattle, manage old buildings, try and preserve old buildings as much as possible. It can get very confusing. There are a lot of elements to this, uh, but this was a, a meeting that was five hours in length, five hours in the basement of City Hall, a lot of it dealing with... Five hours. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I give the board credit. They sat in a room for five hours talking about the credit. history of Seattle, uh, <laughs> and, and a lot of that had to do with the museum uh, at Volunteer Park, kind of pushed things back with Key Arena and uh, with uh, the garage uh, that was being discussed the other night. But uh, yeah, the, the, what, what happens is is you have somebody basically give the history of Seattle uh, about every one of these buildings and why they're important and why they should be preserved in some aspect. So to back up, uh, the, the city of Seattle, Seattle Center, uh, which is a arm of city government, uh, decided to forward nominations for multiple buildings in the key arena redevelopment zone. This zone that was carved out that the city was offering up to have a developer come in and build a new arena. Which is 
what kind of a the outskirts of Seattle Center, right? The I mean, southwest where Key Arena yeah, is the southwest corner of Seattle Center. Which, so the, this, I mean, the, there are buildings there, believe it or not, still from the '62 World's Fair. Uh, something called the West Court Building, which I think a lot of people know as the Team Store. Right. Uh, the Blue Spruce Apartments, which are closer to the fountain uh, that look like they were built in the 1960s. Yeah. Have I have been a used for offices. There. Yeah. yeah, two weeks a year. Yeah, I, I think yeah. It, it got brought up before the, the Landmarks Board, and they kind of laughed that right. it was even getting to that point. Uh, there is a NASA building. That's what it's called from the 62 World's Fair. People have walked by it probably hundreds of times and not even realized it's still there. Are people in there working still? There, It's used for storage and uh, not much else. And, and actually, in front of the Landmarks Board, they said... There's really no history here with NASA or the World's Fair, not really a landmark. So it wasn't landmark. But, but isn't it, that a sign of the times that a NASA building is currently being used for storage? <laughs> Come on! Let's go! Uh, but, but what was interesting about this, I think a, a lot of people, um, including yours truly, were trying to figure out why the Seattle Center was going through this process at the same time they're offering up the land. Uh, and really it boils down to the tax credits that can be involved when you landmark a building and then have a project that incorporates the landmarks in. So the Oakview Group, when they put forward their proposal, factored in $50 million of historic tax credits to help them build this. What they didn't factor in was this garage, this Bressy garage, which is uh, across Thomas Street on the southwest side of Seattle Center, uh, the Seattle Center is used for office space, but Pottery Northwest has used now for 45 years. Sure. Brick building, you drive by it on First Avenue North before you go to Key Arena. Nobody really factored that in. I mean, the the proposal from the Oakview Group was to tear it down and make that a staging area for construction at Key Arena and also build a tunnel from there, subterranean style, down below Thomas Street to a new loading dock of Key Arena. So nobody really thought in, in the early stages of this proposal that that garage meant much. But the folks at Pottery Northwest said, hey, it's been here since 1923. It's important to us. We can't replicate this anywhere else. You go through the Landmarks Preservation Board, and I listened to these meetings. It was brought up that there's only two other garages like that in Seattle, that really it's from a time wow. and place when Seattle uh, was first getting cars, uh, a, a, a moment in time that, is really not preserved anywhere else in Seattle. So it, it gave a lot of credence to the, the Landmarks Preservation Board to, to save the building. And and they slapped a historic designation to it. It's tough because as a Seattleite, I've lived here my entire life. I'm raising my own children here now. I certainly value that. I, I want, you know, pockets of Seattle to feel like Seattle. It, it's it seems a bit absurd, though, as you look at the skyline and it's nothing but cranes and buildings and construction is going up taller and higher. You did that great story recently on the church that mm -hmm. sold the space above the church that realized, yeah. hey, there, there's property above my dwelling now that I could actually sell as a city that's just exploding with growth right now. So I think it's super important that these committees exist and that they do protect uh, certain buildings. And th But it, I think a lot of people are looking at this from the outside going, Manipulation. It seems yeah. like a situation that's perhaps being used to the advantage of the Oakview Group to say, "Hey, Kiarina's historic." I just wonder where this passion was years ago, right. as Kiarina sat there collecting dust. Uh, the fun forest went away, <laughs> yeah, the and fun you know, forest. things slowly but surely, like Las Vegas, ate themselves and 
started sprouting up other buildings. Uh, so I'm, I'm really torn on this one. Yeah, and, and I can just give you a snippet of what this sounds like after five hours when these, these lengthy presentations with uh, PowerPoints and old pictures and Ooh, all that. Oh, PowerPoints. Oh, yeah, they're, they, they go through it Who all. Who doesn't love a PowerPoint? And, and I got to tell you, everybody that is involved in this process is engaged. I don't want to sound make it sound like it's uh, you know a, an awful meeting. I mean, these people are there because they care about the, the history Absolutely. of Seattle. Uh, but this this is what it sounded I like. I asked you to record some yes. of this for me because I don't up. I don't have the time to go to these kinds of meetings, Chris. <laughs> uh, so I said, record some of this. And then uh, I asked you today, did you record some of it? And you said, yes, I don't know if we should use it. And it's not because the audio is sensitive. It's simply because certainly out of context, it's going to sound rather dry and bland. But yes. nonetheless, we wanted to hear a little sample of, of what it sounded like and what ultimately became a, a big five-hour conversation. Yeah, here you go. I heard this board approved the designation of the Century 21 Coliseum by Key Arena at 305 Harrison Street as a Seattle landmark, including the legal description of that the designation is based upon the satisfaction of designation standards A, B, C, D, E, and F, that the features and characteristics of the property identified for preservation include the site and the exterior of the Century 21 Coliseum slash Key Arena. Second. For the voting. That's it. That's it. Unanimous. Unanimous. So uh, that times several hours. Um, yeah, the, it sounds a bit monotonous, but as you said, important. The, there's a lot of passion and a lot of uh, good intentions behind this, and they've got to do things by the books. Right, and, um, and I would say that the the key arena designation was expected. I mean, that was that was part of this whole pro- process all along: is preserving the roof. The city wanted to preserve the roof. Seattle Center started this to, in a way, to preserve the roof. This, you know, building that was constructed for the '62 World's Fair, uh, and then dug out to become Key Arena in the mid '90s. But the roof has maintained the same shape. Uh, what What really was the wrinkle in all of this, and and I'm still trying to decipher how this is all going to play out, is is this garage, since it wasn't part of Oakview's plan. Uh, what this means with the landmark. So the landmarks board, uh, they they gave the designation of historic landmark to so to what, the to the exterior of right. the building, to the trusses on the interior okay. and interior decks. I was going to say, what does that mean to the average person? This designation means it's not going anywhere. Well, but essentially, just the facade is that right? Meaning you can't touch the roof, can't touch the pillars. You can do what you that, want. With the that's inside. W- yeah. That's where this gets really confusing, and there are a lot of variables. I walked up to somebody uh, who's the coordinator for the Landmarks Board afterwards and said, so, uh, with the garage, like, what, yeah. what does this mean? Well, there are a lot of variables. So <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that the building won't be torn down. That's, that's what's weird huh. about this is uh, the, this triggers a phase now called controls and incentives where the Oakview Group or the city will have to come in and say, hey, here's what we would like to do. We'll say, and this is all hypothetical, we have a building for Pottery Northwest that is the uh, same size somewhere on the Seattle Center campus that they can move into. We will construct our tunnel but save the, the walls of the building as a memorial to this certain point in time. I mean, this is all hypothetical. Right. Uh, but uh, they will try to come to some sort of agreement to help the tenant, 
help the building preserve history and also allow for development. This has happened with other buildings around Seattle. If you remember the old dealership that was just off uh, Mercer, where they took down the the bricks of that uh, the, the building that was the old car dealership there at like Westlake and, and Mercer, took it down brick by brick to allow Paul Allen and Vulcan to build a new building and then put up the facade again around the building. Mm. That was the agreement to, to preserve history. Uh, and, and so you've seen this over time now with multiple buildings. You're seeing it on Capitol Hill right now. Uh, and, and perhaps that's what's going to be the outcome here. The other thing is, uh, with historic designation, it also allows for tax breaks. Like I said with Key Arena, also potentially with this Bressy Garage, since it's almost 100 years old, that perhaps it's a good thing long-term for Oakview that, that they might be able to apply for other federal tax breaks by preserving walls of that building or some sort of aspect of that building. It gets very, very confusing. All of this. Yeah. When most of us just want the Sonics back. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. That's why I go to these meetings. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by what it takes to get to the point of getting a team back, whether it's in Soto or whether it's at Seattle Center. There's all these complicating factors and, and differing interests. Uh, you still have the Uptown neighborhood. You still have the Historical Society in Queen Anne that stood up the other night. Uh, the Historic Seattle stood up the other night and said this is a, a, an important building. So you have all these competing interests, and uh, still we are, you know, who knows how long away from having an NBA or NHL franchise. Well, and it's interesting to look back. It, once upon a time, you assumed all it was going to take was a whale to come in with money and mm-hmm. say, I'll buy a team, and everybody looked towards Microsoft and got excited about the idea of somebody like Ballmer. Perhaps he knew more than we all know in, in you know, his his – you know, in dealing with complicated issues like this, who would have ever thought that people would come forward with the money and then it would still be a stalemate because there's so many issues that go into it. And, and, and keep in mind, we still have, uh, potentially, if there's an MOU on Key Arena, uh, we still have kind of hanging in the, the background what happens in Soto. We still have hanging in the background the potential for an environmental impact study of the Key Arena site of Seattle Center. We don't know if there's complications with digging down 15 feet or not. We still have a transportation study that needs to be done. All of this is going to take time. Uh, All of it it depends on who you talk to, whether people think it's not going to be an issue or people think it's going to be an issue. Uh, But there are still several layers here uh, before the NBA or NHL will ever come to Seattle. Speaking of which, the NHL obviously has sort of become the front runner of the conversation just because it seems as though that's more likely to happen. It could happen fa- faster. The people directly involved have kind of indicated that it could happen quickly. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like a bit of a, a pawn in this whole situation and that uh, even, uh, you know, with the mayor's office, a lot of people kind of point towards, uh, you know, in the Oakview group, certainly when Wiki was speaking, was sort of hinting at, you know, hey, don't worry, we're going to get we're gonna get your teams, or at least one of them, back yeah. in here. <laughs> uh, it kind of seems like, you know, Griswold summer vacation where he... <laughs> You know, he wanted the Roadster and the Antarctic Blue with the optional Rally Fun Pack, <laughs> not the Metallic P. And he said, okay, but I can get you in the Metallic uh, P right now. You know, it seems like one of those situations where a lot of people are going to go, well, look, we're going to get an NHL team now. We'll have hockey. That's great. And then Hoops will be right on its heels. I'm of the camp that says, well, I, I don't hear a lot of guarantees about basketball over here, and I'm just so worried that 10 years from now we're going to have an arena somewhere in this town we're going to have a hockey team 
and basketball will just continue to be this outlier that just never happened because we didn't do it the well, way we needed to. A, a couple of things I would say to that. David Bonderman, who uh, is interested in owning the NHL team, he was just at City Hall with uh, Tim Lewicki and Lance Lopes meeting with council members. So, you know, UW grad, uh, worth $2.5 billion, according to Forbes, has wanted to be an NHL owner, actually physically in City Hall talking to council members. And right. everything I heard is it, it went extremely well. And and he he said all the right things in terms of his interest in uh, being a legitimate franchise owner in Seattle right. and, and having a guy who's got the local bona fides and uh, has the endowment at the University of Washington, I think, is a, a big plus for the Laiwiki camp. As far as the NBA, you know, there was an article this week that a lot of people have cited from David Aldridge, uh, well-respected, uh, long-time national NBA writer, uh, does a lot of games uh, on, on, on TV as well. He uh, works for NBA.com, wrote an article citing, uh, quoting m- multiple NBA owners, and, and one of them threw out the idea that it could take $2 billion, yes, $2 billion for an expansion franchise. Uh, and. and uh, you like, know, should we start the, the, passing around a hat now? Yeah, I mean, the, the question is, if it gets to that level, do you need to own the arena in order to make your money back uh, instead of going through a third-party vendor, which is what we're talking about with the Oakview Group uh, at Seattle Center, is they're going to want uh, some sort of money from any potential franchise that comes in there. Uh, it might be a little bit easier for the NHL with David Bonderman if he is also uh, has an equity stake in the building there to be an NHL owner. For an NBA owner, uh, whether that's Chris Hansen or somebody else, to come in at $2 billion uh, as a tenant in a building, the, the math becomes, my understanding, a lot tougher to deal with. Although there's a lot of people paying about $2 billion a month just to rent homes in this area. So, <laughs> you know, let's give it a few years, do the numbers, run the math. So where do we go next, Chris? Uh, I know um, – the mayor's got some sort of an unofficial little deal yeah. memo. Yeah, you said it's more than a post-it note. Somewhere uh, between a post-it and an official yeah. deal, right? Uh, so the it just came out uh, this week uh, that there was a letter signed by Ed Murray, the mayor, and the superintendent of Seattle Public Schools, Larry Nyland, uh, for basically the framework of a potential deal to renovate or build a new memorial stadium and new high school there at the Seattle Center campus. Uh, there is a lot going on there on the northeast quadrant. That is where Memorial Stadium is. That is owned by the school district. That's also where KCTS has right. a building that's largely vacant. Uh, there is the Mercer Garage. There's questions about uh, what the city should do there. So this this kind of lay, lays out the framework for uh, who uh, will have meetings on this, the subject, how long it should take, uh, where that stadium could go, the potential that the high school and the stadium could go at another spot uh, that is not the current spot, perhaps a land swap of some sort. So uh, the the superintendent, the mayor have, have made this now a priority, have set out a timeline for how the, the next steps, perhaps another year. So a high school and a new stadium right there on campus, essentially. On, on that Seattle Center campus, not far away from wow. potentially a new key arena. Huh. Not far away from an expanded Macaw Hall uh, in the Seattle Opera. Uh, not far away from a renovated Space Needle. I mean, there's there's a lot going on there, and the question yeah. is, uh, 
you know, Ed Murray in his last few months, is this what he's trying to now make his legacy as a remodeled Seattle center with all these different projects going on and all these different people? I mean, Space Needle's privately run. Uh, the the operas on their own with with some uh, public money, and then Key Arena is its own uh, ball of uh, wax, so to speak. And then you have Memorial Stadium, that parking lot owned by the Seattle Public School District. So there's a lot of people uh, that are involved in this conversation, but that that could be an interesting thing to watch uh, in relation to Key Arena, uh, just how serious that becomes. Because you've been to Memorial Stadium. You know what the condition is. It was built in yes, the every 40s. Yes, at bumper shoot. It was built the in the 40s. Yeah. Built in the 40s yeah. and really has not been upgraded. Used, obviously, during the 62 World's Fair. Used by the Sounders, the rain, bumper shoot. Yeah. Uh, it, it needs, I think everybody acknowledges, needs a lot of work to, Prediction. to be done. Prediction. There'll be some handshake deals, and in a few years, they will break ground on Oakview High. <laughs> Remember where you heard it? Let's write it down somewhere on this post-it note. We've got it written down. Uh, and obviously, Chris, and all of this does bring up another twist this week, of course. Uh, the Seattle mayoral race, uh, you know, is, is well underway. Uh, a lot of people I know, friends even talking to me about it, confused and saying, well, wait, so Mayor Murray is kind of clearly prioritizing, yeah. hey, let's get this key arena thing done deal before I'm gone. And then someone's going to take over, perhaps Durkin, and, and, then, and then what? Because this person will then inherit something that's already in motion and likely won't be done or completed or all of that until they're gone, too. Let, let, let's put it this it's way. Tricky. So everybody focuses on Ed Murray. Yeah. And, and with good reason that he's going to be leaving office at the end of the year. Part of the impetus for this is that so many people uh, that have been brought into city government were hired by Ed Murray. and. The question is, what happens to their future employment sure. after the turn of the year when a new mayor takes over, whoever that is, depending on the position, depending on how they've done in the job, there's always turnover, just like there is on the federal level when when you see the Obama administration hand off to the Trump administration. There is, there is turnover. So you have this urgency from some of the people within City Hall in positions that you've probably never heard of trying to... Uh, get this project done by the end of this year. The city council will change. There'll be new people on the city council. So that that all factors into this idea that they're trying to hammer this out by the end of this year, in December of this year. As far as the next mayor, uh, you know, the, the candidates that, that look like they are going to advance, Jenny right. Durkin uh, has been noncommittal on which site she uh, approves of the most. Sure. I mean, she got asked that question. I know I saw her on King 5 even responding and saying, I'm for whatever is going to get a team back here, which yeah. is, of course, the correct answer yeah. <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. You, you don't want to commit to Soto or to uh, Key Arena because there are so many different constituencies uh, to answer to. Uh, so she has been noncommittal. Carrie Moon, who... Uh, surprised uh, some people by finishing second on yeah. election night. Uh, she has said uh, no to Soto. She believes it should be done uh, at, at Key Arena. A new arena should be uh, there at Seattle Center. And then Nikita Oliver, uh, who is uh, trying to get into the final two, she has also come out and said she prefers Key Arena over Soto. So uh, two of the final three, as it appears, are, are supporters of the idea of renovating something at Seattle Center. The question is whether that even has an impact on this discussion right, right. now. I don't know. 
but uh, I, I have a feeling that Durkin would also uh, probably lean towards Key Arena and, and doing something at Seattle Center. She has a lot of the same support right. that Ed Murray uh, has, a lot of the same support at City Hall. Uh, Councilmember Sally Bagshaw uh, jumped uh, on, on the Durkin train, so to speak, uh, when she announced, and, and Bagshaw has been a big proponent of doing something at Key Arena. So uh, the, the way it looks right now, I mean, all the momentum is at Seattle Center uh, and, and for this arena project. And if Soto gets back into it, it's going to take uh, – uh, there's going to be a big card that's going to have to be played to, to try and slow down all this momentum. Any truth to the rumor, Chris, that the uh, melted dipping cheese they use at Key Arena will be transferred over to the new facility, <laughs> no matter what year that is? Oh, God. You know, I don't it, think there's a shelf life. I went to the WNBA All-Star game, and I thought, oh, I'm going to get some nachos. Right? Yeah, it's going to be passage. great. Sure. And then I, I watched them pump it out of the machine <laughs> and i was like oh it's still that same you're, you're nacho cheese commercials that you used to yeah. laugh at, at yeah. as a kid where you'd see the construction guy going "Ooh, indigestion and you're <laughs> pounding his chest you think what's that now now we get what that is key arena cheese yeah so what happens next what's the next thing on the calendar that we should keep uh august 14th uh the oh Se- that's too far well seattle will be catch on fire by then well it could it could be just one big smoky mess uh august 14th Okay. Monday, 10.30 in the morning, the City Council uh, Select Committee on Civic Arenas will meet, wow. meaning basically most of the council, to talk about the status of the negotiations and if they will continue to move forward on this, which all in- indications are right now they will. Chris Daniels, Arena Intelligence Bureau Chief. Thank you, Chris. And right on time, here comes our Blue Angels flyover. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at Next Best Pod. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.